Hey everyone, Adam here with the Shooter's Touch. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When Brian and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had tons of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get my show into all the apps like Spotify, Apple Podcast, where all of our listeners can listen to it? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is actually pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and it is honestly ridiculously easy to use. Now, Anchor can match you with your great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast immediately. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading all of this stuff to you. So, when Brian and I started this podcast venture, one of our huge issues was we both have families, multiple kids, day jobs, multiple jobs sometimes. How are we going to get in the same spot at the same time to do this podcast on a regular basis? Anchor does that. No need to be in the same spot. It's essentially a phone call to one another and you're recording a podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, you need to go to anchor.fm backslash start to join me and Shooter's Touch and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear from you and to listen to your podcast. This week on the Shooter's Touch, we welcome Seth Tuttle, former second-team All-American and current graduate assistant on the UNI men's basketball team. We talked to Seth about everything from before UNI to why he wears the number 10 and what he expects from the Panthers this upcoming season. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the Shooter's Touch listeners. As usual, Brian and Adam here, and we have a special guest tonight, a Iowa high school state champion, uh, Missouri Valley Conference freshman of the year, two-time first-team All-NBC, NBC Player of the Year, NBC Tournament MVP, and a second-team All-American. None other than Seth Tuttle. Seth, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Of course, of course. Uh, well, we obviously, um, you know, with this uh, with this podcast, Shears Touch, we, we like to touch a lot on uh, the Panthers and the Bulldogs here in the state of Iowa. Um, and obviously, Seth falls into the Panthers category in that one. Um, and we're excited to talk to you tonight. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. You know, I, there's one thing I can talk about. Well, two things I can talk about for a long time, golf. Uh, whether it's a good day or a bad day, and and obviously the Panthers, so it'll be a it'll be a good time. Awesome, man. Well, Seth, hey, let's uh, let's start even before we got to the Panthers. What was it like growing up here in Iowa? Uh, what was it like uh, being a kid um, playing basketball in the state of Iowa? Was there other sports that you're interested in? What was? Tell us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah, you know, I my road is I guess everybody's road. Um, and journey is a little bit different. I, I grew up in a town of a thousand people. Um, you know, I, there, there was, I didn't have a stoplight in my, in my town. So, you know, there, I could do whatever I wanted. And, you know, I, I was, my parents felt safe that I could run around pretty much the entire town with my buddies and, um, you know, pretty much just do whatever I would like to do in my small town. Um, so that being said, we had an opportunity to pretty much play sports, make up games, all, all that stuff. Um, throughout my entire youth um so it, it was really whatever season for me it was really whatever season we were in you know i i played baseball i played football i loved to golf um i even ran some track um unfortunately 
and uh, and obviously basketball was uh, <clears throat> one of my, one of my favorite things to do. So, you know, growing up in Iowa, especially in a small town, I you know I have a, a little there's a special place in my heart for small town kids, um, just because I, I, I understand it. I, I lived it. Um, I understand the pros and the cons of it. So, uh, for me, it's a pretty special, pretty special, uh, opportunity that I got to do that and, and really get to know everybody in my high school and, and get really close with your friends. Cause you know, those, those eight or nine guys, you know, that were on the varsity basketball team were most likely the eight or nine guys who were the best players out for football that day, that year. Um, and were most likely the, the nine guys starting, um, for, for the baseball team, you know? So, and that, that wasn't always the case, but you, you understand what I'm trying to say. You know, we, we were small and, and there just wasn't many of us. So, uh, you, you'd get really close with, with that group of guys. Um, and it was just a, it was just a fun challenge, whatever season it was to, to try to have the most success that we could have. Um, so, you know, that was one of my favorite things about growing up, especially in Iowa, especially in a small town. Um, and then obviously, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll touch about this, uh, when we start talking about college a little more, but sports in Iowa are, are, you know, it's big. We don't have a, we don't have a professional team. Um, you, you know, we don't have the Kansas City Chiefs or the Vikings or the Thunder, you know, we don't have a team like that in Iowa. So the colleges are, 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 are professional sports teams. Um, and so that, that just puts that much more emphasis on people really buy into what's going on in high school and what's going on in, in the youth, because, you know, those are the type of players that are going to be playing for, all of our favorite top teams, um, whether that be you and I, Drake, Iowa, or Iowa State. So it, people pay attention, and, and it's fun to to get recognized, and it's fun to to have that uh, have that be a challenge to you know get your name out there when you're young and, and have a, a really successful season, uh, whatever sport you're playing. And I think that's uh, that's a good point to make there, Seth, because you know anymore now nowadays, a lot of these younger you know younger kids are. Um, are essentially specializing in one sport. Um, and I think uh, that, you know, Brian and myself, I mean, for sure myself came from a similar situation where we did have to play, you know, every sport, every season, just to get the numbers up. Um, was there, was there a time that you remember that uh, you knew that basketball was, was where you wanted to be? Yeah. I mean, there, I, honestly, I would t- probably tell you my favorite sport when I was a like just starting out with all the sports was baseball. Um, you know, I, there was something that I really enjoyed about being on the mound and, and having in my, how I felt was complete control of the entire game pretty much, you know? And I mean, if it, and there's something about that, I don't know what it was, but I really enjoyed baseball when I was a kid. Um, and then at, as I got older, you know, I, I was still pretty good at baseball for my area. I was still pretty good at football for my area, but, you know, basketball was, I, I excelled, um, pretty quickly at it due to the fact that just my size, you know, there wasn't many kids that were my size, um, around our, our area. Uh, so I, I feel like that, that helped me, um, see some success when I was really little. And then that success led to me wanting to practice it more and do it more. And and then obviously the more I did it, um, the better I got at it. And, and, and it just was a, a stepping stone, um, obviously to get to where I, where I managed to get to, um, later on down the road. But I, I wouldn't say there's an exact moment that I noticed, uh, that basketball is kind of going to be the route, but it just gradually over time, you know, I, I saw success with it. Um, and I kind of just ran with it and then obviously I fell in love with it. So. 
Speaking of success, you guys had uh, quite a bit of success um, at West Fork, uh, built quite a program there at the time while you were there. Talk a little bit about that and the progression to where you guys became, you know, regulars in the in, in postseason play. Yeah, you know, that that's, uh, it's funny that, you know, most of the time if you talk about your high school team, um, once you get to college, you kind of get made fun of a little bit. You're like living in the past, you know, those jokes, that locker room talk. But uh, for me, I was extremely prideful about it. And, you know, I, I would always talk, build up and talk up West Fork and in my hometown and the buddies I got to play with um, quite a bit. And I, to the point where I told West Washington that I would take Tyler Larson, um, who was my point guard in high school over him, <laughs> because, he, because he could win a state championship, uh, because he could hold a trophy up. And, and you know, stuff like that. You know, the locker room uh, talk, you know, it, it can become uh, fun. But, no – I had uh, I was privileged to have um, a school where basketball was so important to the kids, um, and it started at a very young age. And I think that was built with um, the the kids that were going through high school. And when I was in middle school, they saw they you know they had success, and so us kids when we were little, we we wanted to be just like them, and uh, and that's really where it, it just took one year, two years, three years of those older kids to have have some success that we all as kids really saw it and enjoyed it and we saw how this our town would support the basketball team and and it really just built from there and then obviously our team got to high school and um and we you know we really we were able to take off quite a bit um and and for me uh you know it it was it was an honor to to be able to play with some of the teammates I got and to finally win that state championship my senior year that we we fought for for uh, quite a while you know it's to think that uh, we only lost four times in my four years, but we only went to state twice, it, it makes me uh, – I still get – I still kind of get upset about it now that we're talking about it. So, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a passionate dude, and I'm prideful about uh, certain things in, in my high school and in the buddies I got to play with and, and everything about it is one of them for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, with, with Brian and I being, uh, being a former basketball players here, uh, I think that – AAU during our high school days was just kind of getting going. Um, and with you being a baseball player, you know, that's when prime AAU time is. So how did you, a couple questions here, how did you balance that, you know, playing baseball and the AAU circuit? Um, and maybe first of all, who, who was, uh, excuse me, what was the AAU team that you played for? Yeah. So I didn't balance it. <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> at that point in time is where I made my decision. Um, I guess if that's the decision you were looking for earlier, that's when I pretty much said, okay, baseball's done. Gotcha. Um, basketball is, is in, you know, it, it's, it's time that I start taking this a little more serious. And actually my, so I played, I ended up playing for the Iowa Barnstormers. Um, and I have, I never played with anybody else. I, I used to play with like in sixth, seventh and eighth grade, I guess, fifth, uh, fifth grade, all the way through eighth grade, we played in the small little traveling tournaments around our area, just with your high school team. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and that was that was what I thought at the time was AAU basketball. I didn't know better. I honestly had no idea that there was something more than that. I thought that was awesome when we were doing it. Um, and then all of a sudden, one of my buddies who was a couple years older than me uh, came and told me to come to the library with him. Um, I think I was a freshman, so I was like, all right. So I went in there, and he got on the Internet and went to the Iowa Barnstormer uh, webpage. And I'm like, okay, what is this? So he, yeah, I actually filled out the – the questionnaire, I guess, on there, like the, the sign-up sheet, I guess you you could call it. And it was funny because at the at the bottom of it, 
it says um, put your high school stats, uh, your accomplishments, and I'm sitting here like Shh. our team was number one in the state, but I was a freshman and we had a bunch of seniors, so I played like eight minutes a game and scored two points <laughs> per game. And I remember putting it on there like two points per game. I'm like, this is not going to work. Like, what are we doing? Uh, so actually, it was a buddy of mine who brought it to my attention. Um, and lucky enough, I had a kid at my high school uh, who was getting recruited from Upper Iowa. Um, and their coach at the time, who was running the Barnstormers at the time, um, came and watched him for a game. And that was when he got to see me play. I, I guess we, we won by quite a bit. So I got to play quite a bit there at the end of the game. And uh, the next day I got an email. Uh, my, and my dad got an email and said, we'd love to have you. So from that point on, I was on the Barnstormers. And so you're you're telling me that a future All American had to fill out a questionnaire to get on an AU team. <laughs> I for sure did. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Funny, uh, you know, it takes a uh, takes a lot of luck. You know, that is there's, incredible. There's a lot of things that uh, I mean, I wasn't, I wouldn't have known about it. I, 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 I honestly, I would have had no idea that AU even took place. I was, I was living my best life in Sheffield, guys. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was okay with uh, I was okay with the success we were having. I thought it was great. I didn't think there was anything else. I didn't really think about college basketball. Um, and then all of a sudden, my buddy came and told me you should fill this out and let's see if we can make it. Uh, and lucky enough, like I said, I was lucky to have a, a really good team that year with a couple really good seniors. And and a coach came and watched him. Uh, and 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 was I was lucky enough to get to play that night. And and he and took found you. Me, so. That was uh, that's really the story of how I ended up on the Barnstormers, and then the Barnstormers is an entirely different story itself. You know, that's what really allowed me to um, flirt, like you know, blossom and, and grow as a basketball player, get my name out there, understand you know that the small little tournaments I was playing in in my area was obviously not uh, not the not the championship, so not the top level that uh, that I was going to end up playing at. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that. So you're playing with the Barnstormers. Obviously, your senior year, you guys go 27-0 state title. Obviously, tons of interest. Iowa, Iowa State, Wisconsin, what were you all getting offers from, and how did you land on you and I? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, mean I, got some, I had some pretty solid offers. Um, I won't, I'm not going to throw them all out there because at this point it doesn't really matter, but my uh, the reason I chose you and I was because they had everything that I wanted that I written down on a piece of paper. So I, I, I took every school that I had an offer from and like four schools I was interested in and I put them on a piece of paper. Right. And then I had a pros and cons sheet of everything that I was looking for in a school that my dad and I sat down one night and we finally hashed through. You know, it, it, I would have had no idea what I was looking for or really what I really wanted in a school until my dad helped me. So I was pretty, pretty blessed to have him there to, to walk me through that step. So what we did was we, we went through the pros and cons. And at the end of the sheet, there was like three schools um, that had the most points. And there was one school that got a mark on every single one of them. Um, and that was you and I. Uh, and there was one of the big factors was how I felt with the coaching staff. Like I'm a, I'm a family guy. I'm, I'm from a small town. So I, you know, I, I love people. I love to talk to people. I love to build relationships with people and how the staff here when I was here, which I guess apparently is the same pretty much now, um, you know, they, they really make you feel like that. And they, and they really are like that. Um, they care about you. They care about you as a player. They care about you as a person. They would help you out uh, whenever you needed help. 
and, and at the same time, you know, they're, they're not going to just take it easy on you. They're going to push you. And, um, and those are, those are all, you know, characteristics of, of a staff that I was looking for. And that was one of the most important things for me was, um, to, to have a staff that I knew was going to really help me grow and, and build. And so you're at UNI, you guys obviously have a ton of success while you're there, the four years, um, you know, with the NCAA tournament runs, NBC titles and stuff like that. What, what were those NCAA tournament seasons like? Um, not necessarily, I guess the seasons, you know, but the, the NCAA tournament runs where you and I is a small school in Iowa, you know, they're not supposed to make, they're not supposed to win a game in the NCAA tournament. They're, maybe supposed to be 12 to 16 seed, you know, you guys, you, you guys blow that away. What, uh, what were those like, you know, expectations that season? And what did you, what do you think um, exceeded those expectations in those seasons? Yeah. So, you know, my senior, my senior year um, going 31 and four was everything that I wanted when I, Obviously, like I talked about before, with what I wanted at a school, I wanted an opportunity to play in the NCAA tournament, and that was obviously one of the things that Northern Iowa had done well um, as as of late uh, at that point in time. So that was something I was really looking forward to. So for us to finally get to do that um, and have the season that I did uh, that we that we that we did was really important and really uh, a blessing. Um, you know, we 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 had all the pieces. Um, and we just hadn't put it all together yet. And finally we did that senior year and, and you know, we were really good. We, it's funny now that I'm, I'm in the coaching role. I'll go back and I'll look at, I'll watch some of those games. Um, and I see it, obviously I'm looking at it a little bit different, um, standpoint or viewpoint now. And it's, I understand why that team was so good. Now they were so, that team was so good at the small details and helping each other and, uh, covering up for each other's mistakes and just, just smart they were a smart basketball team, man. They, they played really hard and really tough. And But be, being able to do that and, and have that much focus was so much fun, right? So we had – we went to uh, – I remember sitting at Mama J's breakfast home-style place here in town, um, and we had CBS come and literally cleared out the entire place, and they did a uh, – like a little interview with – Bohannon and Washburn and myself sitting right there at Mama J's. Um, stuff like that was happening. You know, we had ESPN come and do a thing at my house in Sheffield, Iowa with my parents, you know, and uh, stuff like that is uh, is unbelievable, really, to think about that <clears throat> that our team was able to put that much focus on our on ourselves, on, on our school with, with the success that we've had um, and what we were potentially able going to be able to do in the NCAA tournament. So there was a lot of buzz about our team. Um, especially that senior year, um, and the pressure was fun, you know, and that was, that was what we did the best was we handled that pressure, you know, uh, people are going to say stuff and you're going to read stuff on Twitter and you're going to read stuff on, uh, whatever media message board you want to try to get on and read, which is a horrible idea, by the way, uh, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to read stuff and, you know, there's going to be doubters and there's going to be haters and, and our team was able to take all that stuff and let it fuel us. And that was, you know, it was a lot of fun to be able to make it to the NCAA tournament get it as a five seed. Um, personally, I felt like we should have got a four, but that's for another day, I guess. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe even a three, but okay, now I'm really pushing it. Uh, no, but, you know, to be able to do that and have that experience with, my, with some of my best friends, um, with the staff that I chose to play for, 
for those reasons, that was a very special year for me and a very special ending year for me. And I'm sure that that I'm sure I could speak for our entire team um, about that. So obviously with uh, all the success and um, playing throughout the league and obviously your bias towards you and I, I understand that maybe the McLeod Center uh, is your favorite arena. But if we remove that from the list, what was what was your favorite venue? Where was the place that you you felt most comfortable or you really enjoyed to go and go and play at either throughout the league or in one of your tournament runs? Man, that's uh, yeah, that is a good question. Um, and, and the reason is I could answer in three different ways. But my favorite, my favorite memory playing. Uh, so my family was a huge Iowa State fan. You know, they still are. My dad, my dad and all his brothers went to Iowa State. So we, I grew up a, just a massive Cyclone fan. Um, and so my freshman year, we got to go to Ames. Uh, this was the year before they decided that they didn't want to play any home and homes anymore. So I got to play at Ames um, one time. And it was my freshman year. And we went in there and we beat them when they had Royce, um, Royce White, um, you know, that team. That, you know, those they had a really talented, extremely – experienced group of guys and we went in there and beat them in in Hilton and that was one of my favorite moments by far when I played um just because I got to I got to look up uh in the in the crowd after the game and and look at my dad and he had the biggest smile on his face and that that you know that's I'll never forget that because as a kid it's funny I used to cry you know I'd I'd get so emotional about when the Panthers were able to beat Iowa State and I'd be like why like how has this happened that we're not supposed to lose these guys and being in on the other side, you get it and, and you, you finally understand it. Uh, and, and so that was, that's definitely one of my favorite memories. Awesome. Now, as far as, um, you know, after, after you and I, um, obviously, obviously the professional ranks come calling, uh, you go overseas, um, have a, have a good two or three years over there. Who did, who did you, who did y'all play for over there? I played for S. Oliver um, in Germany. I played for Limburg United in Belgium, and I played for Spiru Charleroi in um, Belgium as well. Okay. Now, what were some of the what were some challenges over there that you may have not, um, I guess, foresee in the in going going over there? Um, I'm assuming that you worked with an agent, and that agent had had some experience with that. But what were some challenges over there that you may not have foreseen? Man, I. It, the best way I could put that is everything because yeah. you know, you, your, your agent will do a good job of explaining it to you the first time and, and trying to get the best, give you the best understanding of what is, what it's going to be like. Um, but until you get over there, like I knew there was going to be a language barrier and I knew that it was going to be a challenge at times, but you just don't ever, you don't ever, until you experience it, you have no idea what it's really like. Um, so I would tell you that that was one of them for sure. Um, going to, a sub sandwich place and just having to point through the mirror uh, through the window of what you want, because they're looking at you and you have no, they have no idea what you're saying. And and they just look at, they, they start getting mad. Right. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I don't, I can't speak your language, but here I want that and that and that and that and that. (laughs) So the, the language barrier is definitely one of the hardest parts about it. And then uh, for me, like I said, I'm a family guy. So being away from my family, being away from my friends, my loved ones, uh, that, that was the other hardest part, you know, and then having a seven hour time difference. So, you know, it, it's the, the hours being so off, it's hard to communicate with some of the guys or, you know, your family back at home because they're ready to get to go to bed and you're just waking up or, you know, you're waking up and they're, it's, they're still in the middle of the night. So it's, 
Um, those those would probably be the two two biggest uh, complaints, I guess I would say, about the process that I had. You mentioned uh, you 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 mentioned the time difference as well. Uh, I know you're a uh, you're a big Chiefs fan, big Braves fan, and obviously the the Panthers as well. Um, how how often did you either wake up early or stay up late to watch to watch those teams while you were over there? Yeah, every game. Every game. <laughs> Every game, man. I, I didn't miss one Panther game uh, unless we were playing a game. Um, like, you know, there's some day games where we're in the middle of a game or whatever. Um, those are those ones I would miss. But I, I didn't miss any Panthers games, um, and I didn't miss any Chiefs games for sure um, during during the time. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty big uh, pretty big fan of my team, so I'm, I'm going to stay up and watch those. There are sometimes I set an alarm. I go to bed at, like, 9. And I'd set an alarm for two thirty, uh, just so I'd get a little bit more sleep than I than I was gonna get if I didn't go to sleep. But but yeah, I was up, I was up and watching and uh, cheering on all my teams. That's dedication right there. It is. It's, that's that's top notch dedication right there. I, I mean, I I cut my leg open cheering for the Panthers uh, the year when I was in Germany. The year after I left, when they made that run and they. That Texas A&M game, I'm jumping. I'm seriously jumping up and down in my apartment at like 4:30 in the morning, uh, and I, I had this little metal or glass table, which is by the way a horrible idea, and I sliced my leg open on it. So they, uh, my coaches weren't very pleased with me in the morning, but you know we we made it through it. Hey, so you talked about. Uh, being a Braves fan and, and the fact that here in Iowa, you know, we didn't have any professional teams because um, myself also a Braves fan. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume it was the fact that uh, we could watch them on TBS growing up as kids and uh, kind of sparked your interest. And uh, was it Chipper Jones? Like, well, what, what was it that really kind of got you on the Braves? Yeah. You guys are asking me every question that I can't help but to tell the whole story for. So I'm sorry if these things are getting long, but. No, so yeah, this uh, Chipper Jones is the reason uh, I wear number ten, or I wore number ten. Um, I, I wanted to play baseball so bad that uh, I couldn't do it yet. I wasn't old enough, right? This is how little I was. Um, and, and I finally got on a baseball team in in our small our small town. We were called the Braves, um, and so I, I went home and played the video game. Then that very first night with my brother, uh, I struck out with the first two batters, and I hit a home run with the third guy who happened to be Chipper Jones. Uh, and ever since then, this is the weirdest story, I swear. I swear it's the truth. And ever since then, I was a huge Chipper fan. Ever since then, I was a huge Braves fan. And ever since then, I wore number 10. Awesome. It's <laughs> strange. Well, I know. I'm a weird guy. Well, back when they uh, when back when they had Chipper, that was a good time to be a Braves fan. Oh, yeah. Now, they, they were great. I was, uh, now, not so much. Is that right? No, no. They're, they're – uh, Go ahead and check They're back, ads, buddy. They're back. Okay, yep. maybe I just don't know baseball enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so all right, on the coaching staff now at at you and I obviously have a um, have a little bit of a, a different viewpoint now as a coach. Um, what what's been I guess kind of different than you may have expected as a coach, and you know obviously what uh, uh, what what does the upcoming season look like for you guys? Oh, well, the upcoming season is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, we, we bring a lot back. Um, we added some new guys that we're really excited about. Um, it's going to be year two of the new offense that we're running, so our, uh, our guys are going to have a really good feel and handle on it rather than 
you know, at the beginning of the last year, there was, it was like learning French, man. Like they just all new stuff that they had never uh, been through before. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a little different. It's, it's read and reacts type stuff. And so we're excited to see, you know, they already look great at it right now. Um, and, and we're excited to see what they could potentially get to um, in the middle of the season and for sure at the end of the season. So we're excited about that. Uh, we got a good schedule. Um, yeah, you know, we're just really excited about this upcoming year. Now, I got playing for Coach Jake. I, when I played for him, um, and even Coach McDermott, I know the, I guess, Rolodex, you might say, of plays that those two had. Um, watching you guys last year, it doesn't seem like you guys ran a lot of plays, like you said, kind of more read and react, read and react stuff. How many, how many plays would you say that you, that the team actually ran in one game on average last year? Oh, actual plays. Oh, I would. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably around. See, it's hard to answer that. Uh, I would say 15 to 20. Um, okay. but a lot of our plays are um, not to not not to give all the great guys our stuff. But yeah, well, don't do that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, a lot of our plays are like just quick hitters that lead into what what we would call our offense anyway. So it, it's, uh, you know, if we if we if we say something that's that might be just the start. Like if we call a play, it might be a good action to start um, to get into our offense or a quick hitter before we get into our our uh, what I guess you could call it motion offense or flow offense, however you want to call it. Um, so probably fifteen to twenty, and then obviously we still have a handful um, of. You know, like the the straight up set plays that we're trying to get this guy, this shot, in this spot um, that we run probably seven, eight times a game. Gotcha. Is so so is that more personnel driven then, based off the guys that you have? Um, you know, trying to gear a little bit more towards their strengths. Is that why you go into more of a read and react? Uh, a little bit, uh, I guess you could say that, but also just uh, trying to keep up with the game. Um, you know, it's uh, if you watch anybody in the NBA right now, they're all running um, uh, new new offenses. You know, a little bit different. They don't run people off staggers. They don't run cross screens every time down the floor. You know, it's it's different. The game is different. The game evolves, and, and we're trying to keep up with it. Um, and and it's the type of offense that I love. You know, it's I'm I'm a little biased. I got to I fell in love with a coach of mine over in Europe, um, and this is the offense uh, we we ran over there. Um, and so I was really excited to bring it home and, and throw it on Coach Jake's desk and see what his thoughts are on, on it. Um, and then, you know, it's it's also one of those things, you see the youth over in Europe and they're all running this stuff, and then you watch the youth over here and we just run like a continuity flex offense and, all, you know, and it's just that type of stuff drives me crazy. So it's it's just time to uh, time to evolve, baby. Time to time to get let the kids be playmakers, put them in the spots to, to make the reads, stuff they're going to have to do at the next level. So... It was really more of just trying to keep up with the game and um, make it fun for the guys, um, and, and let them be, let them be the playmakers. So, absolutely. So, to, uh, quick question for you: as far as going from a player to a coach, having done it myself, I know that obviously it's a a complete different mindset. It's a complete different preparation. Um, what was it like here in your first year, standing on the sidelines and? not being able to go out there and uh, get a basket when you really needed it. Yeah, I'm not there. I mean, it was brutal. Um, there were numerous times where I almost felt like I literally almost blacked out and walked out onto the court. Uh, 
because I wanted to. Either to say something to one of the players or just to go and get us two points because I just felt like we needed it at the time. Uh, but no, it, it's been, it was a good, it was a good, um, it went well, you know, the coaching staff that we have here helped me, uh, helped me understand, helped me learn, helped me grow as a coach. Um, we've, we've, you know, I've, I've just enjoyed it. The process has been fun. It's been pretty smooth, but, uh, there are definitely times where I, I wanted to play and I still want to play and, uh, and I miss playing. So there, there's, there's definitely part of that, um, involved and I, I think that's what keeps the chip on my shoulder a little bit uh and it, and it allows me to bring the fire bring the juice for the guys every day so as far as moving forward or what's the what's the future look like Are you want to continue to move up the ranks in the coaching world or kind of what's your plan yeah my, my yeah, yeah that's exactly what my plan is you know i'll i'll see what's available i'm gonna finish my uh graduate school stuff that i'm doing right now um get my master's I'll finish that, and then after that, um, it's just uh, just back to the totem pole, man. Right back to the bottom of the totem pole, and you gotta work your way back up. So it uh, it'll be it'll be fun, it'll be interesting, and we'll see where it where it takes me. You know, it's it's fun to see like Coach Nurse for the Raptors. Uh, you know, he's been to like 22 different spots before he got to where he is. So that's kind of how coaching works, and I'm excited for it. And uh, I think it'll be uh, it'll be a fun journey. Absolutely. Like you said, there's definitely no linear path to, to getting to where you want to be and to being successful. It's just a matter of putting the time in and you're good at what you do. Definitely get there. So, um, hey, I don't know how much you listen to the podcast, but one of the other things that we talk a lot about on here is sneakers. So are you any way, shape or form a sneakerhead? Do you have a favorite hoop shoe? What, what, what was the shoe game like for you in your playing days? Oh, gosh, I am I am. I'm sorry to ruin your podcast, but I am 100% not a sneakerhead guy. I don't have a shoe. I just wear whatever I have. So you're a team shoe guy or what? Yeah, I'm straight team, I'm straight team shoe guy. I won't lie to you. I mean, I, I don't even know what I wore in Europe. I just walked into the store and grabbed a, grabbed a shoe that they had available, and I just wore it. I'm, I, guess, I guess I'm not too big into it. I'm not uh, – some guys, I understand that why this is a topic because there are some guys who are extremely particular with what shoe they wear and, and what brand it has to be, and that is 100% not me. Do you have any guys on the team currently that are like that? Uh, some of them I would say would be, but I don't. Coach likes us to wear team shoes. Um, it's kind of the culture we have here, so um, I don't think they really have much say about that, but I would assume there are a couple of guys that are. Um, more particular into what they wear and, and especially outside of basketball considering that we have you know kind of a kind of a team rule that we just rock the team shoes because that's uh, that's kind of who we are well Absolutely. sneaker oh, sneakerhead or not Seth I think it's worked out for you huh <laughs> it's uh, I appreciate that I, I like to think it worked out pretty well yeah yeah um well, hey, man, we, we appreciate so much you coming on tonight, taking the time here. Um, I know you're headed off to Italy with, uh, with the team tomorrow, correct? Yes, tomorrow we got uh, morning practice and off to Italy. It'll, it'll be a good time. Get a, get awesome. a couple games in and, and get to sightsee a little bit. How long are you over there? Ten days. Ten days. And uh, you said a couple games, right? Yeah, three, three games. Um, and then, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll travel – to like four different cities and get to see um, get to see some cities while we're over there. Very cool, very cool. Well, again, thanks, Seth. We appreciate all your time. Uh, we look forward to the you know, season coming up. Obviously, paying attention to the Panthers here, and uh, look forward to maybe having you on a couple more times during the season, buddy. Yeah, you bet, man. I'll get on anytime. I'll, I'll shorten my stories this next time. I promise. <laughs>
<laughs> well, maybe we'll just have less questions for you. <laughs> hey, I like to talk, man. I like to talk. At least we'll, we'll learn from this. That's a good, that's a good thing on a podcast. So. <laughs> hey, we will talk soon. So good luck this year. All right. All right thank you. Appreciate it, man. Yep, thank have you. a good one.